Our scripture text this morning comes from Mark's gospel. Those of you who know that John is my favorite are probably a little surprised. <laughs> Mark's gospel this morning, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of God. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it, and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And as he sat on it, and he sat on it, most people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And may we never forget that fact. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The word lampoon means to publicly criticize someone or something by using ridicule, or irony, or sarcasm. National Lampoon was an American humor magazine that ran from 1970 to 1998. Now, National Lampoon usually pushed beyond the boundaries of what was generally considered appropriate and acceptable. Their storytelling, though, refined comedy and presented humor to those they called the twisted mainstream. I thought that was a very appropriate term, the twisted mainstream. And all of this was conveyed through voices that represent the next generation of leading artists. It was especially good 
at attacking what was considered holy and sacred. Now, I know that you're wondering at this point in time what on earth National Lampoon has to do with this story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. When Jesus came into the city the way that he did, the way that only Jesus, the Son of God, could, he lampooned those who were in authority at that time. The Roman hierarchy, the scribes, the Pharisees. You know, all of those that we see time after time in the Gospels bumping up against Jesus and his ministry. Throughout the Gospels, we also hear Jesus saying to those who were closest to him and those that might have happened to have come to him for healing. We remember these words from the scriptures. Don't tell anyone about this. Or perhaps he said, say nothing of what you had seen. But as we learned last week from John's gospel, Jesus' time had come. The time had come to show the world just exactly who and what he was. And he did it his very own way. In Mark's gospel, over and over and over, Jesus warns his disciples about his own coming death and suffering and his resurrection. But the disciples just didn't get it. And I know sometimes we might have that tendency to say, well, those dumb disciples, he laid it out as plainly as could be. What was it that they couldn't get? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. We are not that different. The disciples continued to shy away from the truth that Jesus was giving him. Giving them. Now, does that sound vaguely familiar? Don't we, too, have that tendency to shy away from those uncomfortable truths that deep down inside we know they're true? But on an intellectual and an emotional level, we're just not ready to accept yet. In our scripture today, after hiding out in the wilderness, which is literally what Jesus and his disciples had been doing, they begin to make their way towards Jerusalem. 
Now, if you have ever been to the Holy Land, there is quite a feeling of building up excitement. You don't immediately go to Jerusalem, do you, Linda? When you tour the Holy Lands, it's a journey towards Jerusalem. And it's like an ever-mounting, ever-building excitement. So for tour groups, when they come into Jerusalem, when they begin to enter the, sea, the city, you are just so excited you could bust. You might say that was what Jesus did as he made his way towards the city of Jerusalem. Scripture says that Jesus and the disciples stopped at Bethpage and Bethany. Now, this was not a very far journey or trip from the Mount of Olives. They are very close at this point to the city gates of Jerusalem. But today, it was a little different. You see, for Jesus, most of his ministry, he walked from place to place. Everywhere he journeyed, he journeyed on foot. It was a two-day journey or a three-day journey on foot. But today was different in the scriptures. Jesus decides that he wants to make a grand entrance into the city. His decision was a calculated, planned out decision. Jesus decides to enter Jerusalem in full view of the public. He decides to receive the cheers and the loud hosannas of the crowds as they begin to hear that he is coming into the city. He made the decision to show the world that he indeed was prophecy fulfilled. At this point, in their journey, Jesus instructs two of the disciples to go into the city to find a colt that will have been tied up and waiting on the street, a colt that had never been ridden. Now, a colt that had never been written, ridden was one that was normally used in ceremonial Parades. It was a sign of royalty, if you will. And in that day and time, the donkey was a common mode of transportation. Ladies in Bible study, you remember I told you Wednesday to remember that line, especially through today. We're in Revelation in the ladies' Bible study, and we're learning about prophecy and the way things were in that day and time. So the donkey was the common mode of transportation 
in that day and that time. He even instructed his disciples what to say if they were questioned about untying the colt and taking it away. The master has need of it. No explanation. Simply, the master has need of it. And as they went into the city, they found things exactly as he had said. And they brought the colt back to Jesus. At this point in Jesus' journey, not only to Jerusalem, but to the cross, the chess pieces are becoming aligned. And the last days of Jesus' life are falling into place. And as much as we love that beautiful scene that we have created through the years, the waving of the palm branches, we line up our children and we march them down the aisles, and it's a beautiful, happy time. It's a picture of Jesus in all of his meekness and his mild manner, riding on the back of a meek and mild donkey. It is important for us to realize that Jesus was not an unwilling participant in this scene. Jesus led the way just as he led his disciples. Jesus' acceptance of all of the praise he took in as he entered the city. You see, Jesus himself knew of his kingship. So the praise to the king was not lost on the king himself. But as usual, Jesus' expectation of things was a far cry from the people's expectations. He knew the direction of his Messiahship. You see, the crowd expected a king, a strong military king, who would overthrow the current government, who would react for the people and overturn the government that was oppressing them. But what I find important in the message from the crowds was not the hosannas to the king of kings, but it was what they said in that second line. The crowd expected a king who would establish a new rulership, if you will, through the lineage of David. And that's important because they recognized Jesus' connection to that. They believed 
that Jesus was that Messiah, that new king from the line of David. And so they rolled out, not in this case a red carpet, but perhaps a green carpet for Jesus to come into town upon. They sang Hosanna, which means save us. Save us. And they recognized that Jesus indeed was the promised Messiah. And I find that so interesting because it doesn't take but a couple of days for these believing people of Jerusalem who believed that Jesus was the new king from the line of David. It didn't take long for them to change their cries from Hosanna to crucify him. And we can't shake our heads too much at that crowd. Because again, we as Christian worshipers, we wave our own palm branches and shout, Hosanna, God save us. Do we not? We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But aren't we just like that fickle crowd that was there that day? With one breath, we are praising him and calling him our Lord and Savior. But as soon as he does not act or do as we expect, our cries too turn to crucify him. Jesus continues to go up to the throne of the cross, shedding his own blood and giving his own life. And it is all a part of a well-executed plan. A plan to show the world, the political world and the spiritual world, that God's way is the way. The people wanted a king who would overthrow the government and to save them from political oppression. But what Jesus came to do was to provide for eternal life and spiritual freedom. Only Jesus Christ can make us totally and fully alive. Free from guilt, free from shame, from bondage, from regret, And his plan flies in the face of those elite politicians and 
the religious leaders of his day. A plan that to the commoner's eye looks like defeat. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew exactly what he had come to do. And he did it. Showing rather than telling the world of his kingship. Nothing can achieve in your life what Jesus Christ died to give you. And it's very important and maybe a note to the side to recognize that even though Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on the back of a meek and mild donkey, but soon, and very soon, as the song goes, he will be returning on the back of a white horse. Listen to the words from Revelation 19, 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Amen and amen.